what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome back to My Dad Watches The Bachelor. I'm Meredith, and I'm here with my co-host, my dad. How are you doing, dad? I'm, I'm doing good, but I'm a little tired after our three hours of Bachelor and After the Rose last night. Yeah, we were up pretty late. You know, 8 to 11 is a lot. You know, 8 to 10 is usually a lot. But I I found the last hour to be the most interesting out of the three with our After the Final Rose with Emmanuel Acho. We, we discussed a lot. Well, it, well, it was definitely... It- it was definitely two – it felt like two very different shows, sort of the standard Bachelor show for two hours and then a very different you know, and, and fairly interesting uh, hour with, with Emmanuel Acho, who I'm, I'm really not that familiar with, uh, but I thought he did a pretty good job in, in directing the conversation. I agree. It was um, – it felt a little weird watching – the first two hours, because I, I think we both had the hunch that Rachel was going to win, and then we knew that Emmanuel Acho was going to be hosting the show, and that there have been so many um, racial insensitivities going on this season with Rachel and with Chris Harrison. And for me, during the first two hours, like it was supposed to be happy times of Rachel and Matt, and it. I don't know if it was the music or we knew what was coming. Like it seemed very sad and down and depressing, even though it was supposed to be a happy thing. I, I, I agree, and yeah, and I I kept thinking that this stuff was happening before the 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 racial insensitivities and and all the issues had flared up, and and Matt just seemed very miserable and sad, uh, and and. Uh, you know, it, it it wasn't a very happy show, and and uh, that was unfortunate. Too bad. Yeah, I didn't seem. I didn't feel that surprised that Matt didn't want to get engaged at the end of the show, even though he claims like that was always his intention. But I've followed Matt James on Instagram for almost two years now, so like I've known who he is. I. I've seen what he's about and I never saw him as mature enough to be engaged. So it doesn't surprise me that he all of a sudden was singing a different tune after his mom was like, feelings change, you know, things could happen. And he's like, ah, yeah, you know, this could be my out. I I agree a hundred percent. And I think I've been saying that uh, throughout our podcasting that I just never got the sense that he was was ready to get married. He has struck me throughout this thing is um, a per- I don't follow him on Instagram or TikTok or uh, you know Instaface or whatever it is that you watch these people on these days. But uh, um, he always seemed to me to be more of a guy that might enjoy hanging with his buddies as opposed to uh, uh, getting ready to get married. So anyway, um, it didn't surprise me either. Yeah. So before we get into it, just like a high level, because a lot happened last night, you know, Matt dumped Michelle. Matt decided he didn't want to get engaged, but then ended up with Rachel just 
dating, I guess. He said that he didn't want to get engaged to her. So that that's what happened on the show. In the after the final rose, we find out that Rachel and Matt have broken up because of all of Rachel's racial insensitivities that have come out um, since the end of the show. So it's, that's where we're at right now. So let's let's get into some highs. I have two. Okay. First. Okay. Michelle, I think Michelle is great. And we're going to talk more about her and all the Bachelorette stuff at the end. I really like Michelle. And I didn't have a ton of highs just because the first two hours did seem like very low and depressing. Um, but she she's just so lighthearted and kind. And I thought that she um, did a great job talking with Matt's family. I thought she was very relatable. And I loved how at the end of that date, she's like, oh, wait, I dropped something picks up a snowball and tries to pelt Matt in the back of the head with a snowball. Like they just had some serious conversations. She met the family and she was still having fun and being lighthearted, which is the kind of girl I figured Matt would want to go for. I, I agree. I I thought that uh, she was delightful and that they seem to have a very nice rapport. And uh, I, you know, from, from watching it, like we do on television and not being there, of course, you know, it just sort of seemed that she would be the natural person that he would pick to, to be with. So that was a little disappointing that it didn't go that way. Yeah, it definitely was. It was hard to watch that breakup. My other high was Emmanuel Acho hosting the after the final rose. I thought he did a really good job. You know, it, I, I don't know him that well. Like you said, you didn't know him that well. So I don't know if he's you know an avid fan and watcher of The Bachelor. So he might have been coming into this blind, not having watched most, most of the season. And I think he did a good job jumping in. And I think that he was able to drive the conversation in a way that Chris Harrison wouldn't have been able to. You know, He was able to relate to Matt and to relate to Rachel. Or, well, not so much Rachel, but to um, Michelle about being black and how this is all this has impacted them talking to Matt, like black man to black man, how they have shared experiences and different experiences. And he asked a lot of hard hitting questions. And I thought it was a really interesting hour to watch. I, I, I think so as well. I, I um, thought he did a good job. Um, you know, and, and we certainly need to say that, um, you know, those are shoes that we have never walked in and, and really can never understand fully. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that he was there to, to to lead the conversation. And, you know, he asked difficult questions to Rachel and, uh, you know, she didn't she didn't hide from them. I thought that she did a good job of, of trying to be accountable and and, uh, you know, and, and live up to that. And, and uh, you know, she acknowledged uh, wrongdoings and, and is, you know, says that she's working to improve herself and learn more about that. And uh, we'll take her at, the, at her word, but uh, you know, she didn't make any excuses. I, I appreciated that. Yeah, I agree. I think she definitely, she easily could have come in and been like, I didn't know what I was doing was bad, but she's like, that's not an excuse. I don't want anyone to make excuses for me. I'm going to hold myself accountable and, I, I think that's really important, and I, I think that's 
different than how Chris Harrison handled it whenever he was talking to Rachel Lindsay and he was making excuses. And Rachel's like, no one should make excuses for me. What I did was wrong. I'm educating myself. And I think that's like the the best way to be handling something like this. So I I was happy with how she handled it. And I, w- I was happy that Emmanuel was asking her hard-hitting questions like, what are you doing to improve? And it, it was... I think it went about as well as it could have. I, I, I agree. So it, it was certainly a different uh, uh, after the rose type uh, situation than we might have seen in the past. Not that I've seen them all, but the ones that I've seen um, were often you know, fairly light. And, and uh, you know, this, this was very serious stuff. Mm-hmm. I did find it amusing that with both Michelle and Rachel Emanuel, I was asking both of them and saying, this is the last time you might ever see Matt. Like, what, what do you want to say to him? And I'm like, dude, they have each other's phone numbers. They can follow each other on Instagram. They're going to see each other at bachelor parties and like sponsorship things. Like they're going to, they will never be able and, to. And for all. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And yeah, they, they could all end up together on Chlamydia Island at some point in time. So you never know. Yeah. Well, not Michelle, but. At least not this year, but Rachel and Matt, yes, they could they could go on Bachelor in Paradise. Well, I've I've got a couple of highs as well. My first one is Neil Lane, the jeweler, who has just come in hot, throwing truth bombs all over the place. I you know I was like, you know, you're you're really in my dad lane, Neil Lane, but I I was loving it. You know, he was you know saying. That, you know, he obviously could sense that Matt had some issues and, you know, was talking to him in a fairly fatherly way, saying people get blinded by love and they can get into something they're not ready for. Love is hard. Commitment isn't easy. You know, I was like, Neil Lane, you know, you should be you should be giving out the fatherly advice. He was dumping it all over the place. So I was like pro Neil Lane. Some issues I have here is that he was just kind of dousing the fire here. Like he probably got briefed that Matt was in a downward spiral of all of these things. And they're like, Neil Lane, see if you can push him over the edge. One. Two, the scene before Neil Lane, we have Matt crying to Chris being like, I just need some time. Like I need some space. I need to think. And then they send Neil Lane in to have him pick engagement rings. How is that time and space to think? That doesn't make any sense. I loved it. I I, I love Neil. I, I love somebody knocking on the door and says, "Hello, I'm Neil Lane." I just loved it. I thought it was wonderful. Well, that was my my wrong reasons was the producers or Neil Lane, whoever you want to say, sending him in like that when Matt is obviously very unwell mentally, emotionally. Like you, poor guys, poor guy. Neil Lane, come on, man. See, now I'm, I, I have to be careful how I, I, I tread here in that, you know, thinking, you know, as I was watching the first two hours and in my head, I'm thinking, you know, Matt James, you know, this is pre-issues with Rachel and, and pre-racial insensitivity. And I, I was not feeling that sympathetic towards Matt. It was like, this is what you signed up for, Matt. I think we've said that before. And, and here you are, you know, uh, you know, crying at this point in time. But I will say that my, the other highlight that I wrote down, and, you know, in, in this, you know, we're sort of burying the lead here, is 
you know, the reason that we do this podcast is so I can con- make sure that you understand that this is not the appropriate way for you to get engaged and find a spouse. And ultimately, Matt does not get engaged. He says, here, take a rose. Will you date me to Rachel? He doesn't get engaged. So initially, I was going to say, well, that's a low light. But then I realized that is a highlight because Matt James is listening to me and knows that you're not supposed to get engaged on a silly program like this. See, I would have to push back and say that I don't think the reason we have this podcast is so that you can teach me that that's not the proper way to get engaged. I would say that this is more for entertainment. Tomato, tomato, tomato. Come on. (laughs) Okay. Well, I, I thought it was good, too, that Matt didn't get engaged. He obviously wasn't ready. It would have sucked way more if he had gotten engaged to Rachel and all this stuff came out. So I... I agree that that wasn't a low, but I don't necessarily know it was a high. Well, in in, in, in dad land, it was a high. <laughs> okay. Is that all of your highs in dad land? That's all my highs. Okay. My lows, I have a few. I thought it was really sad watching Matt's mom cry to um, Michelle about how it was such a blessing that Matt chose friends that had strong family units because that wasn't something that she was able to give to Matt growing up. And I, I just thought that was so sad. And it's, I'm sure like you and my mom are still together, so I can't relate to this as much, but I'm sure I guess having divorced parents is very impactful. And I don't think that we really saw that much of the season until the past few weeks, how much it really impacted Matt and it was sad to see how much, like, it seemed like guilt that Matt's mom was also holding on to. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. I mean, I, I, I struggle with um, Matt. <clears throat> I, I struggled some with Matt's really, you know, he, he's not ready to get, he has a conversation with his mom and his brother after both uh, young ladies have met them and, and I don't want to say he twists something. You, you mentioned it earlier of, of uh, uh, you know, Matt's mom saying, you know, feelings can change over time. And, you know, he sort of grasps onto that and sort of seems to run away from any interest in getting engaged. Yeah, and, you know, ultimately, and, and, and to some extent, I sort of felt he kept pushing that back on his mother and what she said. And that bugged me a little bit in that, as a parent, I certainly want to be there to provide advice to you, like I do every week on this show. Uh, but um, ultimately, I I trust you to make your own decisions, and um, you know I, I I would hate for you to blame me or your mother for for blame is probably not the right word, but, but uh, it just made me uncomfortable how he kept sort of coming back to that. Maybe that was his lifeboat. Maybe that was his, his excuse, but uh, that made me a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. It, it was a lot of family stuff to take in these past few weeks. My other lows involve Michelle as well. You know, Michelle's dumping was very sad. Yeah. It was, it seemed to come out of the blue obviously for Michelle. And I don't think that we as viewers really knew where Matt's head was at between Michelle and Rachel. And 
the timing just wasn't great either. You know, Michelle had just given Matt this very nice gift of matching basketball jerseys that say Mr. and Mrs. James on them because they're going to be a team together and they'll always be each other's life teammates. And then um, he pretty much almost immediately turns around and gives her the boot. And uh, then we, we find out on After the Final Rose that Michelle really wanted to have a quick conversation with him um, in the days following just to get some closure for herself, not to try and change his mind, but just to, you know, quiet her mind and help her understand what had just happened to her. And he turned down that opportunity and said, no, I don't want to have a conversation with her. And I I just thought that was uh, pretty shitty of Matt. That was definitely pretty cold. I, you know, when, when they discussed it on the show, I wondered if it was a decision by the producers or other people, but he, he seemed to own up to it and accept the fact that he had made that decision. And, and um, yeah, that, that, that was pretty rough. Yeah. He might have been too busy talking with Neil Lane to give Michelle the time. So, Well, I, I could think of worse things to be doing. All right. Can I, can I share some of my, my lows? Yes, please do. They're, they're, they're a little they're a little bit lighter than yours um, you know number one you know last week I was quite enamored with or, or maybe it was two weeks ago with Matt's beard when he showed up uh, to talk to all the women last night I, I it, it just seemed to have exploded and was was out of control so so I, I to me low light on the beard he needs to do some hacking on that thing. So uh, that was a problem for me. That beard is disgusting. It's just awful. Yeah. I used to be yeah. into beards, and I'm, like, pretty indifferent towards them now. But once it gets long, <laughs> once it gets long, it just kind of gets a little gross. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Like it, who knows what kind of snacks and crumbs Matt is hiding in there for later. Like you just, that's, just seems very unhygienic, very long. You know, some people can pull beards off, but not everyone. You know, yeah. and, and that one's that one's just gone on too far. Some too people far. definitely so, can't. Some people can't. So um, another low for me, when they were doing the rappelling down the building, you know, Matt Matt's trying to come off as this super coach. And he's to, to, to Michelle, and he's like much more likely as they're going down this building to, to break his skull. You know, Michelle seems to have things under control. He's sort of all over the place. And I'm like, you know, you know Matt, you need to be quiet and sort of take care of your own business here. Michelle, Michelle seems pretty athletic. I think she knows what she's doing. You, you, you know, you're about to kill yourself here. Go easy on the coaching for the, the repelling there. Yeah. So. Matt seems like a very athletic guy. And then, you know, I guess maybe he's just never repelled before. I, I've repelled before. It's not that hard. You just kind of walk backwards down. And Matt doesn't even try to walk backwards to get off the building. He just kind of falls backwards. And it's just he's so tall and lanky that yeah, when, like when he's not controlling his limbs, it makes it look so much worse. So something else I'll throw out there, and, and this this sort of goes to uh, when you were talking about when uh, Matt uh, dumped Michelle. When he leaves, 
He goes to the elevator, but there's a two there. He's on the second floor. And I hate people that take the elevator from the second floor, especially 29-year-old athletic people. You know, I, I know that you were in a high-rise in college. I was on the seventh floor for several years in college in a residence hall. If that elevator ever stopped on two, we would give some serious crap to whoever was getting on or off that elevator, okay? So you, you don't do that, Matt James. Come on. You don't get on. You take the stairs when you're on the second floor. Okay, that's that's fair, but we don't know necessarily where he was going. Maybe he was going to his room that was on the tenth floor. He had a totally separate lodge or something uh, out there. So I'm not. I'm don't 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 provide any excuses for Matt. And you know, you want to say, well, the producers made him do it. Now, come on, they can go down the stairs too. I, I'm sorry. It's, okay, I, I didn't like that. Well, if we're doing some oh. lighthearted lows, I I do have one that I would like to acknowledge. During the not proposal, it was cold. It was Phil- it was Pennsylvania in November, and it had been snowing that week, and you could see Matt and Rachel's breath. And this girl is standing outside in a ball gown. Like, you can literally, as the scenes go on, see her arms start to turn red. And no one... Matt's not offering her his jacket. They're not putting her right in front of the fireplace. They have no blankets for her. That's just cruel and unusual punishment for this poor girl. You're right about that. You know, we're just having a snowball fight uh, with Michelle, and uh, you know, she's coming out in her her you know, her, her you know no no arm no, no no sleeves or anything you know and uh, yeah she that that did not look uh, comfortable or or pleasant for her so. Yeah, at, at least uh, it would have been worse if he dumped her right there. So at least that didn't happen. So, um, you know, he, she got her rose so that she could continue dating. Good for her. <laughs> Hopefully the oh, adrenaline was keeping her warm. Hold on this just in. Matt's beard has now reached the Canadian border. It's got to pass a COVID test before he can get in, though. So uh, you need to work on that beard, Matt. That was a bad joke. I think that uh, he. I think he shaved it since then. It's a dad joke. Okay, <laughs> let's go with it. All right. So, are we good with our lows? Sure. All right. My right reason. I think you're going to disagree here because you always disagree with this, but I think it's Matt. I'm I'm giving Matt the right reason. He really took some time to reflect on what he wants with his life, what he wants with his his future. And he was brave enough on national television on The Bachelor, where you're supposed to get engaged, to acknowledge that he didn't think he was ready for a proposal. Maybe this was his game plan all along. Maybe not. We don't know. But I think it takes a lot of guts to be able to do that when you get a lot of pressure from the franchise, from Chris Harrison, from the fans to end with a happy engagement. Well, of course, Matt is my wrong reason in that... uh uh, you know, we, we, we've seen this coming for weeks and that, uh, it, it seemed who, who's this buddy that, that came to shoot pool with him at one point, Tyler Cameron. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler Cameron, Cameron Tyler, whoever that guy was, you can just see that he would prefer to hang with his buddies, which, which is fine. You know, that's, that's fine. Um, but I, I just never got the sense that he was really prepared to, to get married. And I'm, I'm not sure how serious, 
you know, fine, whatever, you know, but uh, you, you probably shouldn't go on this show when you're really not ready. And I never got the sense that he was ready. So I, you know, with that, with that said, I did say it was a highlight that he did not get engaged. I, I do admire the fact that uh, he had the courage to uh, stand up and say, Hey, uh, I'm, I'm not ready at this point in time. So I'll, perhaps he's, worthy of both uh, the right reason and the wrong reason this time. And I know that you say like he knows what he signed up for, but does he really? He he was never on the show and then he just gets thrown into being the lead and can only really base it off of what his friends have told him. So he doesn't, I think, I think that's a little different than the, like the contestants that sign up to be on the show and then get harassed online and, get bad edits like they know what they sh- they're signing up for but i feel like the lead is just a whole different ball game so it, i think we have to give matt some props for how he handled his first time ever being on tv that's fine once once uh some of his buddies start getting married and they're, they're not as available to hang out with them he'll get married as well so that's that's fine yeah the inner workings of the male brain so i for for right reason i did put michelle and that I just thought that uh, you know she she uh, had such a good rapport with Matt. She was great with uh, Matt's family. Uh, got mom hugs, uh, bringing out the the Mister and Mrs. James jerseys. I, you know, she she's not she's not Tasha, but I thought she was she could play in the same league as Tasha. You know, so I I think she will be an outstanding. Uh, bachelorette someday, and and uh, you know she she seems to uh, be you know, have the awareness to understand that she's got to uh, keep other people around her interested and enthusiastic, and has great energy. So, so I I, I was you know if I'm going to root for the happy ending, I thought uh, Michelle and Matt should have ended up together. I think that most of America would agree with you there. So we already talked about my wrong reason with the producers and Neil Lane and ambushing Matt when he needed some space. Um, My MVP of the episode is Emmanuel Acho. I thought that he really pulled together this season as much as you could pull together a season that's just falling apart. And he did a great job hosting the after the final rose, asking important questions and helping to enlighten the Bachelor audience, which I would assume is the majority white people, um, about what it's like to be black in America. And I think it was really important for Bachelor Nation to watch that. And I think it was a good step that the franchise took. And I hope that they continue to make these steps in the future. Okay. Well, I, I think that that's, uh, that's good. And, and, you know, and, and with all that said, it, it still bothers me that Matt just seems so sad and depressed, uh, even on, you know, not only in the first two hours, but when he was, uh, you know, talking in the After the Rose program and when Rachel was out there, he just, he just seemed beaten down and, 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 you know, I, I, I wish him the best. I hope he's okay. You know, he seems he seems like a good guy. Uh, you know, and, and whether it's this whole process or or just his 
you know, I think he sincerely doesn't want to hurt Michelle, Rachel, or any of the, the girls that were on this show. And I, I think that that it bothered him. Uh, so anyway, I, I, uh, I, it sort of bums me out that, uh, you know, at the end of the program, uh, you know, he just seemed to be so, so down in the dumps. Yeah, we usually get to end on a bit higher of a note. And I think we, we sort of did. So let's talk Bachelorette. We find out last night that we have two Bachelorettes, not at the same time. We're going to have two different seasons, one with Katie and one with Michelle. And Katie's going to go first. And based off of research I've done, it sounds like Katie's season is going to start filming next week, I think in New Mexico. And then they're going to film Bachelor in Paradise. And then they're going to film Michelle's season. So we've got a lot of content coming to us this summer. And further research, it seems like Michelle's season, it it seemed like they wanted Michelle as a bachelorette. And Michelle said that she wasn't willing to leave her classroom again to go film Bachelorette since that would be now through May. Since you you know already abandoned those kids in the fall, you can't really abandon them twice in one year. So they're giving Katie the first Bachelorette season, and then Michelle's going to film in the summer. And I'm very excited. I liked Katie. I thought that she was one of the few like people early on in the show that had her head screwed on straight. Um, she seems like she likes to have a fun time, and I'm definitely more looking forward to Michelle's season. But I still think. It'll be good. I'm hoping Katie can take us back to the basics and we can have a lighthearted, fun season and really just get back to what The Bachelor is about, which is mindless entertainment. Well, and and Katie uh, was the one that stood up for uh, people that were being bullied. So I I think that she will not have much patience for any – man drama going on, uh, you know, behind the scenes. So I'll, I'll look forward to her watching her stamp that out early and often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it'll be good. She's not going to put up with the man drama. And we also found out that Tasha Adams, our most previous bachelorette, and Caitlin Bristow, who was a bachelorette a couple of years ago and who just won Dancing with the Stars, are going to co-host Katie's season and be there to support her. And I think that that's going to be so much fun. Both of those bachelorettes have a lot of energy and are goofy and fun. And I think it'll be really interesting to see how it works having not only co-hosts, but having Tasha and Caitlin as the co-hosts. And I hope that their significant others, uh, you know, Zach, because you watch the season. We like Zach. He's, he's a fun guy. And Caitlin is dating and someone else from the franchise, Jason Tardick, who's quite the businessman beau. He's very cute. And um, I hope that they're in quarantine as well in New Mexico so that we can maybe get some like triple dates going just as an idea for all of those bachelor producers listening right now. We want a triple date. Well, and so, so question is, is uh, the, the job of co-hosting the, the show, is that an upgrade over influencer or is that, uh, you know, same level as influencer? Where is this, where does this rank? I would say it's an upgrade for sure. I mean, you're going from Instagram as your platform to ABC as your platform. That's national television. It's pretty impressive. 
I'm not sure how co-hosting will work if, you know, they'll each take a few weeks or if, you know, maybe they each get to come in and be like, Katie, this is the second to last rose. Katie, this is the last rose of the night. So they each get to count every rose ceremony. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. It'll be interesting. Now, I, I also noticed when they made this announcement, they they did not make this sound like they would be necessarily the permanent replacements for Chris Harrison. Or, or And I don't think that I don't think they've ruled out Chris Harrison coming back at some point in time. So I, I, I guess that's all still to be determined. Yeah, I think that this announcement was just specifically for Katie's season of The Bachelorette. We don't know about Paradise. We don't know about Michelle's season. Um, I have seen quite a few interviews that Rachel Lindsay's been doing um, where she's been talking to uh, contestants from both Matt's season and Tasha and Claire's season, the specifically contestants of color who have said that they're not comfortable going to paradise if Chris is hosting. So it'll be, and, and it's, it's more popular people. It's Ivan, it's Piper, people like that say they won't go if Chris Harrison will be there. So it'll be interesting to see how the franchise responds to that. Okay. Well, I guess, I guess you'll be watching. <laughs> yes. I will definitely be watching Paradise. We're we're TBD on uh, if we can get the dad to watch Paradise. Well, you know, you, you know, my biggest concern is just making sure that Abigail is okay because I thought that she was the the nicest person that we've seen come through this franchise, and 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 I hope that she does not end up on on Paradise. That's my hope for poor Abigail. I think there is a ninety five percent chance that she will. That makes me sad. <laughs> All right. Well, do you want to wrap up Matt's season of The Bachelor with some fatherly advice? Yeah. So, so I mean, there was there was good advice being thrown out by by Matt's mom, by Neil Lane. You know that the you know I, I, Matt's mom was uh, talking about how telling someone that you're in love with them is really big and not to go there too quickly. I think that that's good advice. I don't think you know. Sometimes I, I fear that people throw. I love you around too quickly. We probably talked about that as the show progresses and, and, you know, questioned contestants that uh, bring in the love too quickly, you know, episode two. No, no, you know, maybe toward the end. Okay. Um, you know, as I said earlier, um, you know, you and, and people over your age, you, know, you, you make your own decisions. We're there to provide some guidance, um, we, we hope that uh, our parental actions don't scar you too much and that we don't have to pay any psychology bills uh, for you. Uh, so, you know, we, we want you to make your own decisions, but we're there for you. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll end with this one. If you wait for perfection, you're going to be waiting a long time. This is really for Matt. You know, we, we all have flaws and the honeymoon doesn't last forever. So you really have to make sure that you got a strong foundation. And I think this is what Matt's mom was trying to get across to Matt, that, you know, that relationships are based on love, respect, communication. There's got to be more substance over style. And, um, you know, that's, that's what makes for a lasting uh, relationship. So um, good luck to Matt and good luck to all the contestants. I hope they find that at some point in time, as I hope you do as well. Wow. That was really deep. Um, my Meredith advice is to Matt, 
kiss with your eyes closed. I think he's figured that one out by the end. Yeah, well, you know, there's a difference between acknowledging you have a problem and fixing it. This is true. Well, he, he knows it. Uh, I, and, and I was sort of looking last night to see if, it was, uh, if he was still doing it uh, at the end. I couldn't tell. Well, he probably didn't realize that it was a problem by then because he wasn't getting called out on it yet. Um, I wasn't looking too closely at the makeout sessions last night, but I would imagine there was still some open eye kissing there. But I think that's all we have for Matt's season. So you can join us next season to hear all about Katie being our new bachelorette from the right perspective and my dad's. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.